The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Telly Smith of The Word Alive. They have a new album out called Hard Reset. Um, honestly, just a, a great title uh, for, I think, a lot of us uh, and what we've gone through over the last couple of years. And Telly is somebody that, it's funny, in the thinking about the journey of, of kind of my coming to know the band and getting to speak with Telly uh, a few times now. I think this is the third time we've done something uh, for the podcast. And it's interesting to, to think back about who I thought Telly was and sort of the the change for me of my perspective of, of him. Uh, and it was honestly him doing a, a live podcast for Shane Told's Lead Singer Syndrome show uh, where I felt like I really got to know him that, you know, he was not who I thought he was. He always seemed like someone who was very serious and not really sociable uh, from my perspective, but hearing him on the live podcast, hearing him be funny, uh, hearing him, you know, just be a, a great guest, you know, someone, when you do this podcast, you want someone that's willing to, you know, be able to hold their own in a conversation as well as being willing to be open and honest and with the first conversation that Tilly and I had had years ago when they were here in town uh, on the Monomania tour, I believe he had even kind of said that he had been working on himself uh, because he, and I don't want to necessarily put words in his mouth, but maybe wasn't happy with where he was or who he was. And even with this, you know, the hard reset, it's a thing where, you know, Telly and I kind of get into just kind of breaking down uh, some of our own barriers of, you know, insecurities and, and fears and kind of being honest as people with one another about how, how do we, how do we get better? And it's interesting as I'm sitting here recording this, uh, the day before this episode comes out, um, you know, cause sometimes I like to almost treat these like a, a form of therapy for myself, uh, to a degree where, uh, when I was going through therapy, something that I would do, and I was actually just talking about this with some friends, so it's this this whole thing of this episode and this intro and outro, uh, I think are going to be very tied to my experiences last night, but I was talking with two of my best friends, very similarly uh, with the conversation that Telly and I kind of had, 
And, you know, I had made the comment to a friend that's about to go to therapy and or start therapy, I should say. And I was talking to him about how something that worked for me was that instead of kind of the homework I was given, for lack of a better term, I would wait until my next therapy session to discuss how the things we had discussed, the things that we were going through or how they applied in my life. I, I didn't want to reach out to my therapist in the, the week before our, like in the time before our next session, because I wanted to see how life was going to happen, how I would utilize the new tools I was given to then move forward. And I was telling my friend, if I can give you any advice and, and maybe it doesn't work for you, but like, let, let the therapy, let the session, let the tools that you've now been given, let them see how they manifest in your day to day. So that when you go back to your next session, you can then kind of open up and go, you know, I saw that this worked, or maybe you realize that it's even with the tools, you still need a little bit more help in how to make those tools work for you in your day to day. And I kind of treat this like that. Like, you know, I wanted to see, I want to see what happens throughout the week. I want to see if there's something that correlates to the conversation I had with somebody else. And I think it just makes, I don't know, just being present, I think makes everything better. And I think for me, that was the hard reset for me is that I needed to be more present. I needed to be and understand boundaries and do all these things. And ultimately at the end of the day, the whole reason that you do these things is to be a better person, to be more present. And I was reminded last night talking to two of my best friends who we all lived completely different lives, but that we have been a constant in each other's lives for 20 plus years. And it is a thing where at the end of the day, I just want to see my friends do well. I want to see them be the best people. And sometimes that includes having hard conversations. And it's not coming from a place of maliciousness or being better than. It's just that you want to see people be the best versions of themselves and be happy. And sometimes maybe it just takes a little prodding of being like, do you think this might be a thing that could help you? And I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the idea and the concept of a hard reset. And I don't know. It's it's a as as far as the actual album goes, it is it's a really great record. Um, so I strongly encourage you all to listen to it if you haven't already. Obviously, it's out. It's been out for a little bit, um, but I don't know. I, if you go back and listen to the record, really pay attention to the lyrics. Kind of think about the idea of a hard reset, and kind of take it all in and see how it touches you or what it inspires you to to do uh, to maybe seek out those things for yourself. Because um, ultimately, I do believe that. We all want the best versions of ourselves out there. Um, so with all of that said, let's get into my conversation with Telly, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. you uh but really in the sense that uh so the atreyu memphis mayfire tour just came through a couple days ago on sunday yeah and uh 
I woke up Monday with like the worst hangover I've had in a very, very long time. Uh, <laughs> like I don't get hangovers very often anymore. Yeah. And I was just, it was one of those where I was like, I was thinking to myself yesterday as I was like, Jesus Christ, this is just like, this is awful. And I, I all I could think of was, I was like, yeah. And I haven't had one in a while. Like I, you know, was like thinking to myself, I was like, man, what I made the most like list of rookie mistakes, like ate a chicken wrap for lunch or like an early dinner, which didn't go very far. Yeah. And I didn't drink water once I started drinking, which was equally as bad. And then I just kind of thought to myself and I had texted Porter the next day. I was just like, I know you have a day off, but I was like, it kind of is, it's gotta be really hard knowing that like, you know, the old saying of like, it's this person's like quote unquote weekend with you or whatever. Like it's their time to party, but that's your every fucking day. Like every day. It's gotta be so hard. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes my friends will come and I'm just like, no, I, I can't, especially on tour, <laughs> you know, it's for me, it's rough. Like it, all it takes is like one night having, you know, if one too many, I, I try, I've tried to drink less and less and less on tour over the years. Um, and some nights, you know, it just happens cause whatever celebrating certain friends out Maybe you haven't seen them in a long time, but if it's a friend I like see decent enough, I'm like, yeah, I love you, but if you're trying to rage, go, you, you can do that on your own. Well, I think that was the thing for me was that was a little bit of a shocker because Porter for the last handful of years hasn't been drinking. Mm. So that side of him, I haven't seen in a while. And then you might know uh, the intersection kind of like the main guy. Um, whenever you're working, he catches like all the concert goers and usually sings along to all the show, all the people performing. But it was sort of amusing because he was like, yeah, Porter was like, here, have another shot. And I was like, I have to make the decision right now. Am I sleeping in my car <laughs> or am I leaving and going home? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, it wasn't even like a bad thing. It just is like, you feel he's so nice. And it's such a, like, like a, like a camaraderie thing. Like he just wants to hang out and have a good time with you. And I was like, yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's almost like the Southern gentleman in him comes out too, where you're like, well, I just feel like I'm going to bum you out if I say no. <laughs> Yeah, you know, peer pressure is real. It gets to you. It's just um, a little different when you're older. Yeah. So I don't typically, I haven't, I don't typically talk about the record because I feel like it sort of really dates uh, the conversation be a little bit more uh, timeless to a degree. But there's something that was interesting about your guys' new record. A few things, actually, but... One of them is, you know, you worked with a handful of producers on this one instead of having like a dedicated one. And while that's kind of typical outside of, you know, the music genre that you are in, it's interesting because like one of the last records that I really kind of fucked with the idea of like two producers really coming together and and creating something interesting was the uh, last Pusha T record. And what was interesting is Kanye did half the record and then uh, Pharrell did the other half. And Mm. what made me find it really interesting and how it correlated to you is both those producers have been working with Pusha for so long that it kind of allowed a record to feel new because the producers themselves have grown. But it also allowed Pusha T to kind of have a familiar sound while still kind of evolving who he is as an artist. 
because those people have been along the journey and there's the familiarity with each other and how they all kind of get the best things out of each other when they're working. And yeah. it was kind of one of the first things I really thought of when listening to this record and knowing that you, you kind of had like the all-star team of producers, like someone new, someone that you've worked with before and kind of wanted to get a little bit more of like your take on it. Cause I feel like it, like I said, it's not really a common practice really to have in like rock and metal and so forth to have multiple producers working on something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely not. And it's something that we hadn't ever really done either. We we've had a couple songs here and there. Um, like the first time on real, we did two songs with John Feldman lighthouse and the runaway, but those songs felt so different from the rest of the record that it did almost feel like a different band. Um, and when, and when bands say that, I think I can acknowledge it and see it way more for what it is now than like in the moment, like in the moment I was like, well, it's, it's still us. Um, but I totally get it now. And, you know, I didn't want that to happen. You know, I, I didn't want it to feel like a different band from producer to producer. I just know that, yeah, like, uh, working with Eric, working with Matt Good, we've had some of, you know, our band's best music that we all love, that fans love, and that, you know, they're the songs that we play, and it's like, you know, five, ten years later, whatever, you know, fans are still coming out to shows, like singing those songs and, and, and vibing with. So to have those guys be a part of four, like, key songs and then ha have Hiram bringing something new to the table while also like taking that new edge that, you know, we were trying to put into the record and, and having that flow with the, with the songs that we did with Eric and Matt, I think to me, like I, I always want to make a record like that now. And, you know, you have elements, you know, Eric is his own person and producer, Matt is his own person and produce, producer, same with Hiram. And so you're just naturally, it's like I could go into a room with each one of those guys with a set intention of, I want to write a song like this, you know, whatever that is. And that song will be different with each person, even though like if it's, it's me, all the elements of me are the same going into those. But well, I should say even that would be slightly different because of my personal relationship with each though there will be certain levels of things where we talk about or go to or you know the the things that i can relate to with eric might be different from the things i do with matt or or hiram or the interests you know might be different so maybe you go down a little bit different lane than you would have with this person so to me there are great things that we do with eric and matt and just acknowledging that and then being able to be so open in a room with them because of the history. Um, you know, I spend off tour, there's arguably no one that I see or spend more time with than Eric. So we are physically, you know, bonded and hanging out all the time. And then with Matt, it's like, he was such a pivotal, you know, part of our band um, transitioning into the second half of our career that, he he just I, I don't know I feel like he is a part of what the word alive sounds like um, today, and then you have Hiram who you know is much younger, uh, a lot more like quote unquote unproven, but an incredible 
um, songwriter, guitarist. Um, just he hears things in a really cool, unique way. And me and him speak like the same language with like writing. Like me, I, I write a lot of things in my head and I can't play everything, you know, on guitar, but I can, I can verbalize it in a way that he just gets. So it's like, it's it's really fun and really easy and fast to work with him because I'm like, what if it was like, and he's like, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And so he, he can do it. Um, so like having him be able to do that um, was really great for this record. I think there's a few things uh, interesting <clears throat> about like what you're saying. And, and I, I picked up on a word you said, and it was the intention, your intention to to do something. And I feel like that's such a, a therapy thing to say, being mindful of your intentions and the intentions that you're putting out and so forth. And I feel like, honestly, like, you know, it's interesting to me when listening to this record. Cause I mean, I think, I mean, in the day and age now where like digital is kind of King for how we, we consume our media. You know, I remember like taking a look at like the album title and it was like, all right, hard reset. You know, I think collectively we can all agree that we all went through that uh, in yeah. the last couple of years. And hopefully everyone kind of comes out of it with a better understanding of themselves, how to, how they wanted things. But I mean, there was something interesting to me. Like, I mean, just the first track, you know, the word alive is dead. Um, I, I'm kind of maybe <laughs> the first person maybe to go with this route, but it, it kind of reminded me in name where before I even heard the song, I was like, Oh, I wonder if this is sort of like, you know, refused the refused are fucking dead. And that it's sort of like, it's setting the tone of like that we, what you knew of us, who we were, it's changed. We're not these people anymore because we always, typically we're always evolving. We're always ever changing. And that's sort of like this album as a hard reset is kind of the new beginning of who you want to be, the intention of who you want to be. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting, like kind of, the few times you and I have talked uh, for through this medium, I, I think I said it the first time we talked to when you were here in GR, and I said, you know, it's funny because I feel like sometimes people or lyrics or whatever will find you when you need them, and yeah. I feel like this record was kind of that for me. Having there's a lot that you talk about and the things that at least I'm picking up on it, um, feel like it's something I kind of needed to to go through or be reminded of. So like I said, the, I, the fact that you said your intent, your intention for something uh, I picked up on kind of as a thing that we talked about in therapy when I would go. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, I would say virtually everything on this album is very intentional. Um, you know, and that's from the, technicality of drums guitars bass um the the flow of the record the speed the tempo you know of the songs um the you know from the track listing like this record truly is meant i mean all of ours are meant to be but this one spent the most time switching around songs trying this one was the most intentional with the track list of you know the flow of the record and um you know Every, everything that was written about, you know, I felt like it was something that I knew for the most part people would be able to to find something 
to connect with through their own lives. Like at least most people on earth have gone through a lot of the things I talk about on this, this album. And that was important to me to have a record that wasn't just saying like the coolest words or trying to rhyme the best, but it was like, what, what am I saying? And is this something that's real and authentic to me that I feel like if I'm telling this story, whether it's about me or someone else, that it's something that can hopefully help someone through, you know, a hard time. Cause I think that's kind of been what the word alive at our core has always been is, you know, uh, a little at times anthemic, you know, we have, you know, life cycles, you know, one of our classic bigger songs that the lyrics, you know, I've had countless, countless, countless people, you know, show me like tattoos of that song or, just talk about what that message meant to them. And then through, through other songs, like whether people felt defeated and they felt like they couldn't put into words, like how, how low they were um, to have a song like trapped, you know, where people are like, this is how I feel. Like, I feel like there's so much going on in my head and my thoughts just get out of control. And, you know, they're talking about anxiety and depression a lot of times and and going back to when that song came out and before mental health was not that talked about at the time when we dropped dark matter, let alone any time before then. And so I feel like having a song like trapped come out, you know, now seven years ago, it's like, we were, we've always talked about mental health as a band even, but that record really, really started the foundation for like working with companies and like doing nonprofit stuff. And, and so I wanted to continue that. And so I'm just trying to write about, you know, the most personal things to me in my life or, you know, my friends carrying some of the stories over because I do every record from like movies or TV shows that I like or inspired by. But um, for the most part, it's just like, I want to write something that I know like is going to, verbalize what I know someone's going through and if it can help them to not, it's not going to heal you necessarily or get, get you through it on its own, but at least just like sometimes all you need to know is that you're not crazy and that the way that you're thinking or feeling like other people do. And I think that's like one of the best parts about music. And, and it's one of my favorite things to hear is you you wrote a song that expressed exactly how I felt when I couldn't put it into words. And so I, I think that's like why a lot of people have connected to our band over the years. And hopefully that's, you know, a big part of why people are to this record. This might be a weird question, but it's something I was kind of thinking about. <clears throat> and maybe this speaks to a little bit more of your process or you as a person, you you as a creative, I should say, but thinking about like to me what i'm inferring is sort of uh, at times a, a dissolution of like a relationship a long relationship um not sure you know i i look at it as more of a romantic one um but i was kind of reminded listening to a friend's uh new single that's coming out soon um that he wrote it about his dog that passed away so things can be what they are and you infer yeah. what you want from them but it makes me wonder like are you able to come to these conclusions? Do you have these words? Do you have these thoughts in real time? Or does it take you a while to actually process something that you're going through? And then you're kind of retroactively 
experiencing thing everything again yeah so it it the great question um and it depends you know there there's no wrong or right way to i think write and to put these you know thoughts to paper so to speak uh, and and you're right like i've written songs that are not you know about a romantic relationship at all but do i try to write in a way in which it's a little more ambiguous at t- at times like i absolutely do because just because i might be writing for one sole specific reason i'm not always but oftentimes i'm looking at how can i expand that just a little bit beyond my own personal you know experiences um and then sometimes you know i'll get the question you know it's like oh man like who hurt you and you know i'm like i've only really been in like three major relationships my entire adult life it's not like i'm like going through like heartbreak over and over and over and over again um so to answer your question partially definitely there's a lot of retroactive pain and memories and and a lot of that is from going through therapy myself and i can look back at my whole life and I, I can look at different scenarios i can look at you know the what ifs of certain situations i can look at internally like man like i fucked up that even if maybe it took me five years to realize or man you know like i was i was the one apologizing and i had nothing to apologize for you know like you the further you get removed from very um extreme emotional you know, reactive experiences. Once that settles down and you're not being reactionary, then you can actually kind of look at it through a lens of like, okay, like, let me look at everything from all angles. And so that's given me, you know, I would say going to therapy has given me probably like years more worth of songs to write about. Cause you know, I'm able to even take certain experiences and I've taken, I've written stuff about, you know, the music industry um, or the band, <clears throat> whether it's internal struggles, struggles with previous like members of like a team or things that have happened behind the scenes and just wording things certain ways. Like people, people probably think I'm writing about a girl a lot of times, but I, I'm really not. <laughs> um, and, but that's how, that's just my writing style though. Like I like to write in a way that is really easy for you to connect on what might be like a really deeply personal level, because that's the whole point to me of, of music and and connection is like, I'm not just trying to write something that isn't, you know, real or, and, and I don't really enjoy this sounds weird maybe, but I don't really get that much enjoyment out of writing happy songs. To me, (laughs) the enjoyment is like letting stuff go I don't want to let go of the happy stuff. I, I like the happy stuff. I in in a lot of times the happy things are a lot more private for me. And so mm-hmm. it's easy. And I think I, I actually saw <clears throat> um or read rather, Landon from Plot and You had made this post and you know, he's married happily, band's killing it, he has all these great things going for him, he's incredibly talented on all levels, and he's just like it's just fucking easier to write dark weird gnarly heavy shit and i and i'm like him in that i would rather get anything like that out 
of me than carry it with me. So to me, it's, it's like a very therapeutic, you know, experience to like write a song. And then sometimes too, I'll write a song and then I can be like, man, like, that's kind of like you letting go of that experience and, and whatever pain it was still latched on to you. And it, even when you didn't even think it was still having any impact, but for whatever reason, me writing a song about it and then acknowledging what the song is or isn't about ha- has a, has an impact on even me after the fact. So I just kind of try to let the song and the emotion of the music dictate what I write about. I don't go into the studio and say, I'm going to write the saddest song I can. I don't go into the studio and I'm going to write an angry song. Like I just go into the studio and I, I start playing chords and I feel the the mood of the day. And, and I, I don't know. It's just like, I've heard a lot of songwriters um, refer to it as the songs already there and already written. You're just like the vessel to let it, you know, come out through and that's kind of how I feel at this point in my life like I could go to the studio every single day and write a song or two or three songs a day for the rest of my life but that's just because I also I love all kinds of music and it's my favorite place to like let things out so I feel like when I'm not in the studio every day that I'm not is a day that I'm building up towards when I go back and so I don't know it's I would say there's a lot of retroactive communication coming out you know some lost some felt personally some from stories or things i've read about you know whatever it is um but you know there are obviously i think in the moment sometimes i've had shit happen like a say violent noise i woke up to a text uh from matt good when we were in the studio for him and it was the day that chester um passed Mm. and I, he was like, if you don't want to come to the studio today, I, I totally get it. And one of our other friends, uh, our Monster Energy rep at the time, he had reached out to me because he knew how much a huge influence Chester was on me. And he was like, you should absolutely go in the studio today. He's like, today is the day where you have whatever you're feeling right now because of this. He's like, is something that you need to let out and you should do so at the studio. So I went and we wrote the song War Evermore. And... Um, the music was mostly written and I went in the studio and I just asked Matt to play like the demos we had already worked on and like the music beds. And I was like, I'm going to let whichever song speaks to me of how I'm feeling right now be the song we work on today. And it was that one. And I wrote war evermore that day. So like that's, that was a very real, literally in the moment song of how I was feeling. And, um, on monomania our song no way out was very much like that there there are songs throughout our discography that were like very much written in the moment um but for the most part it's a lot of retroactive like the dust has settled and i'm just allowing chords and music to make me feel something and and i'm attaching memories to certain feelings and and it just kind of comes out it's interesting because as you're you're kind of explaining sort of your process to creating is essentially being present just that's all it is it's really being present and it's interesting because to me you know i actually i know you and i haven't talked about this because i hadn't gone to therapy since the last time you and i did anything so 
that was a big thing for me that I was bad at uh, and went kind of to, to solve essentially, quote unquote, was uh, overthinking, not being present uh, and how to do that. And it's interesting that when you sort of going again, kind of to the first thing I asked you, like the intent, your intention for something. I think there's something to be said about letting something happen, dealing with what's literally in front of you and mm -hmm. making a decision from there uh, as to how you're going to proceed. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't do that because I think a, you're just trying to, you're just always going, everyone's trying to go, 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 go. That's the, the world we live in now that it doesn't yeah. allow you to, to stop because essentially if you do that, then you're, you, you know, everyone's afraid you're going to miss something else. But I feel like by doing that, it, it, I think it's like you're saying, like you become this conduit that instead of trying to be like, okay, I need to write a two and a half minute, like ballad today. Like if you go into it with your intention that that's what I want to do, you're probably not going to do it. And if you do, it's going to sound like shit because it's forced. It's not authentic. So I think the fact that, you know, you're saying that like you go in just going, whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's probably why everything works out for you and probably why people connect with it because it's, it's real. I mean, people can tell when something's fake and manufactured. I mean, most people don't like that typically. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think throughout our career, there were times where we, we definitely, you know, as a band tried to do certain things and it did end up feeling forced to me or, or it just wasn't as, you know, great as it could or should have been. Um, <clears throat> but I think, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah. I, I think that's just also something that you can learn in time is to allow that to be, you know, I think throughout our career, you know, we're 15 years in now. I'm not worried about like, will we be a band in two years? Like I know we will. <laughs> so like for me, I'm, it, it, I'm able to just be like, we we're here, we're established. We love what we do. We do. Um, and just, you know, go from there back then. It was like, if we don't do this, 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 and this, right. Like, we might not be a band in two years, you know? So I think like some of the, that pressure, which a lot of it is unnecessary, unwarranted and from outside pressures more than anything. Um, I think once you get to this point, like where I'm at now, like music is more fun than it's ever been for me. And I think a big part of that is just, I just write what feels good and what I love and what, sounds like it would be fun to play live and you know though those those are the things i'm thinking about when i'm in the studio it's like i'm thinking about the shows i'm thinking about our fans uh i'm thinking about you know looking at each other on stage and smiling having a good time like i'm, I'm not thinking about like oh man this song is gonna be on the radio oh this song is gonna stream so crazy oh blah blah, blah. this hopefully this gets us this tour like that's not any any second of a conversation in the studio at all it's it's literally just how do you feel but that's it like how do you feel and because to me that's that's what the magic of music is i think the other thing too and maybe i'm kind of speaking a little out of turn maybe but i feel like it's you don't have the insecurity 
pretty who you are maybe now. Yeah. And then definitely. something else I was even kind of thinking about, you know, you had said something a couple minutes ago about how like you kind of keep the happy things for yourself, which made me wonder, are you someone who compartmentalizes a lot of your life? Like this is like these things Absolutely. go into this. Do you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> majorly. So, uh, I have very, um, uh, diagnosed high, high functioning anxiety. And, um, you know, like I'm, I take medication, um, for it. I have to compartmentalize like I, hmm. cause if I don't, then it feels like the floodgates are open and then it's just like, a you know, a, a riptide pulling you in, you know, that you can't really control for me. Like I have to be like, okay, what can I control? What can I focus on? What is there something that I can do f- about this situation or whatever it may be? Yes or no. And then if it's no, okay, well then this needs to go in this box over here. And if, and when I can deal with it or something presents itself, then I'll take that box off the shelf. But until then I can't, I can't do anything about most things in life. And so I definitely compartmentalize a lot of things. Um, The happiness stuff, I really try to focus on gratefulness, like overall, um, when I, when I find myself falling away from that is when I feel like, I feel like the lows feel lower. Um, and I think just being an artist in general, like you have high highs and low lows and that's just a part of whatever is inside of me that draws me towards doing this. Like that it's, it's a blessing and a curse I say. And and I think the way that you manage it the best is just by trying to be grateful for what you do have and and not focus on what you don't. That's something I've been working on quite a bit. Like I'd like to say I've been more, no pun intended, mindful of it probably in the last like three to four months. But I feel <laughs> like it's something I've been kind of working on for a few years, just not very well. But that idea of being mindful, but also more gratitude, like, um, so like I had a friend or I have a friend that's essentially kind of gearing up to, to go to rehab and walking a few weeks or so ago. And this person was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be gone for a while in like eight months. I'll get to escape for a couple of days and, you know, maybe we can hang out. And I was like, like, if I can offer you a piece of advice, man, like, I hear that and I correlate that as a negative thing. Like I get to escape. I go, mm-hmm. don't look at it like that. I go say it like in eight months, I'll have earned the right to leave for a few days. And then we get to hang out, look at it as a reward instead of a punishment. And yeah. all it is, is just change literally how you are saying something, the, the verbiage you use your mindset. 100%. And I feel like even in just doing that has drastically changed my outlook on a lot of things. No, it it does. Um, the, the way we speak to ourselves matters the most. And, um, you know, outside of like clinical things and, you know, medical, you know, reasonings, 
our minds are so powerful and we can control so much about our lives by what we think and what we allow ourselves to think. And um, yeah, focusing in on that, again, being very intentional is uh, is a huge part of personal growth and, and happiness. I Another thing I kind of picked up on sort of in in the lyrics, which again, I'm like kind of bad at cause I'm just working and I have it on. So I can't always uh, see what song goes to what it's just kind of like, it's, I think it's track three. I don't know. I just have it on a loop. Um, yeah. But it was a thing where there's, there seems to be more accountability. Um, I feel like it seems to sort of be a more of a focus that maybe I've not noticed before uh, from you, uh, at least in, in what you're speaking about, but it kind of, as, as I'm, thinking about that it, I feel like you're someone who maybe has the same thing like that I kind of I don't want to say suffer through but that I constantly battle with which is empathy but to the point where I have to understand that like I need to set boundaries with people because I I can't take on yours and somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's and then have no no space for myself like I think if you know the compartmentalization thing was kind of I guess almost a, a a thing for me where I'm like, I have to do that with people essentially. Like I, I only have so much bandwidth for these things. And unfortunately I just don't have it for you. And so that means yeah. that like, we kind of, I got to put our friendship a little bit on the shelf for, for now. Cause I just, I can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, I am a hyper empathetic person and it is really hurt me not setting boundaries. And some of those boundaries are even just, internal ones, you know, with myself. Um, and I think a lot of people probably feel certain ways or allow these things to, to grow again. I'm, I'm huge therapy advocate. Um, I've learned about my, the downfalls of being an empath and how it can really take a toll on you. Um, I try to navigate it as best I can. And yeah, again, I think, you know, everything comes back to that word intention. Like I have to be intentional who I hang out with, who I spend my time with, who I tell, you know, about my life. I used to be pretty much an open book to a lot of people. And, um, and that, you know, really came back to, I want to say haunt me cause it doesn't haunt me, but, um, People have attempted to use that, you know, against me for whatever reason um, and or even just you use it as a judgment, you know, uh, about me. And I think that just being more careful who you share your energy with is mm. is vital. Like the older we get, like, you know, I've I, I do think it's kind of interesting because like being on tour and everything, it's kind of like this brotherhood, you know, it's like there's probably thousands of people I've toured with as a whole uh, over the stretch of since 2007, when I started touring. Um, and a lot of those tours would be like, Oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. Like you don't have a thousand friends. You have a lot of acquaintances that you, that maybe know more about you than the average acquaintance would in, in other, um, jobs <clears throat> but at the end of the day like i had to learn that i have like a shit ton of acquaintances some that are great ones um but i don't have a ton of friends and um 
And the more that I've focused in on that, the, the better my life has become, the more peaceful my life has become. And so I think while the way that I am is not necessarily conducive to certain ways of the world now, um, it is conducive to the, the circle of friends that I associate with the most. It just kind of sparked an epiphany. Um, Love that. So, yeah. Um, so tomorrow is my birthday, and oh, I oh, between birthday. like I was saying, thank you. Uh, as I was saying, you know, got to hang out with Porter and the Memphis dudes. We're gonna go see him on Friday too. Um, and then I have a friend that randomly is on tour, and I'm gonna see him on Thursday. And then we're having like a big like dinner thing tomorrow. But it was a thing where. You know, just kind of said, like, I, I feel like I have, I would say I had a lot of friends. And I do the same thing where sometimes I'll look through my phone book and I'll be like, like, if, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm like, fuck, I only got like a handful of people that le- legitimately live here mm. and would potentially have time to hang out. The rest of it, and this isn't like a slight on anybody, but it was, I had the epiphany very recently where I was like, shit, I guess I don't really have like, friend friends this is probably what touring like your epiphany just made me think this is what sort of the downfall of touring i guess does where it's like you have people and they are they can be your friendly they can be acquaintances but the thing that i kind of just was thinking of is it's like maybe that's what makes those friendships so valuable is that we have this understanding unlike maybe people we see in our day-to-day lives where you under you and i understand I don't have all this time. I have a five hour window to hang out with you. So really let's make the most of this five hour time. And then the rest of it really is potentially managing the relationship through other forms of social media, whatever the relationship looks like at that point, but it doesn't negate the relationship. But I think that's hard for some people to understand because it's, it's a, it's a very weird it's an anomaly. It's not a, a real life situation. Most people find themselves in. Yeah. We, I mean, the music industry, entertainment industry as a whole, it's just different, you know, like there's all these, I'm sure like studies in, in, um, you know, numbers of like people out in society, it doesn't apply to the entertainment world and it doesn't apply <laughs> to music and musicians. And then people who like all their friends are musicians. Like it probably doesn't even apply to you because you're, this is, that's your environment. Even if that's not your job title, like if the majority of your friends say are like touring musicians, like you're probably going to have a little bit different skewed version of what like reality is compared to someone who doesn't have that. And that's just yeah that's just something you you get to understand more when you get older and <laughs> it's why this life is it's a gift and it, it's a very unique one and it's it's special to get to share so many cool bonds with people but you know those bonds don't necessarily have to be you know anything more than what they are and i think that I don't know. It's almost like casual dating or something like that, where you're just like, I know you're seeing other people and that's okay with me. Just don't, just don't intentionally, don't do anything to be disrespectful to me. And we're good. Like, and, and that's just such a unique thing, but, and not everyone can do that. 
but that is like a great portion of the the relationships that I think we probably all have within um you know this industry is we have a lot of like casual friends where really it's it's an acquaintance who is just a step above that because you're not just like mm-hmm. I wouldn't care if you weren't around, you know, it, there is some level of like caring involved. Um, but it's not, it's not enough to change your day-to-day life and to, yeah, crack that five hours, you know, you only have so much time. Like you said, like your energy is finite. Your day is finite. Your life is like, you only have so much you can give. And even on the days where you can give it just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so, there, yeah, that's a whole, whole other thing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I it's like it. I said, we're, we're at the same page, same page. Yeah. No, just kind of an interesting thing. I, I guess I've never really thought of that because it's, I feel like that's the, it's a, again, intentions. If I had a, I guess an episode name for an ep- this episode, it would just be intentions. Um, but no, you're saying that just kind of, kind of triggered something where I was like, huh, never really thought about it that way. Um, which is why I love doing these because, and I love that sort of like how you approach songwriting. It's why I don't like coming in with a shitload of questions pre-answered because I probably wouldn't have stumbled across half of these things that we're talking about because it's, not where my mind would have been uh, in the yeah. moment. Um, very weird question. Can I see the the rest of your hoodie? Because it looks like something we just made at my job. Is... Nope, never mind. Okay, there was there was more more to a design that we just made that looked very similar. Oh, okay. No, so, I yeah, I don't even know where I got this. Could have been an a bunch of stuff for. Man, they're they're starting to get a lot better with those. Where I'm like, you know, they are, yeah. I, I do. Need I'm like, that. I, I do. do want I do need that, and I do like that. Yes. When I I bought my first targeted Instagram ad, I bought a T-shirt about a week ago from some company out in Denmark or something. It was very. Yeah. I was like, is this going to be bullshit? <laughs> I was, just don't know I anymore. Was, I was looking for luggage, and all of a sudden, I kept getting like a million of these luggage things, and I was looking up photos and reviews. And eventually there was this company that popped up and they're, yeah, they're somewhere in Europe. And I just wrote them and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm in a band travel around the world looking for something really, really durable. Um, that is also spacious and blah, blah, blah. It has, you know, different unique things to it for storage. And you guys look awesome. Like, would you be down to send me one and I'll like make a review or post about it? And they're like, no one would, we've never done that before, but sure. And like they did, and it's sick. It's like my favorite suitcase of our own. So, and it's, that was from an Instagram ad. It's still, I'm still waiting for Instagram and all the other social media that I choose to be on to send me a million dollars. Like I think about that and talk I about mean, it all the time. And that never happens. I mean, that'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be sick. Well, for the record, no, nobody's sending me just money either. So um, maybe we need to play the lottery. someone's got to win it right yeah exactly i you know you see and now with all these like documentaries and so forth like you see it's it seems like uh, this is such a weird way to say this i feel like i wouldn't want to win a ton of money like 
okay, if like the Powerball or whatever the fuck it is is like a hundred million dollars, I'd be like, just give me like ten. And I think even that might be too much. I mean, I would take. I live in L.A., so ten million could go super super fast. Um, yeah, you know, you're you're looking at like two million dollars for like a not even a crazy house, just a nice family home um in a safe neighborhood you're like looking at two million dollars so that's 20 percent of that just right out the gate is just buying the home not maintenance or anything else so i would i, I would take the 100 million for sure um <laughs> but but i definitely would like try to like divvy that out and change some friends and family's lives for sure it's just one of those things you always hear like it just essentially ruins someone's life because they don't, I mean, how do you, I mean, sometimes you, like you, money like that, you just like, you, you just can't even wrap your head around that money. You just make fucking stupid decisions. So I feel like I wonder the if the adverse to that do, would be, you have to get it like a business manager right away. The people who just try to do it themselves or, you know, they give all their money away to their family. And it's like, everyone just comes with their hands out. Like, I, yeah, I've seen some of the things, or like someone, I saw this one woman was like dating this like shitty guy, and he like basically took control of her finances and spent all the money. Like, of course, they're they're horror stories. But if if you or I just want all that money, like get a proper financial advisor to set up some things, then it, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Here's kind of a weird question that like something you just said kind of popped in my head. You talked about getting a financial advisor. <coughs> Obviously, with the band, you know, kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, but like, obviously, you have different people who handle different facets of your career for you, you know, probably yeah. having, you know, booking agent, you know, all these different people. Have you found that having those people who are able to handle that part of your your life in a professional setting find that it helps you or translates into something that helps you in like your personal life. I, I'm kind of trying to find my way to the question, but like essentially it's almost like you, you have a team that kind of helps you be as successful as you can be and give you the freedoms that you need to, to perform. And it makes me wonder like, would that be something you would like in your life? Like, do you think it'd be beneficial to have something like that in your life? Or does the compartmentalization of that exists for my professional setting allows me to actually do something more in a personal setting? Um, so I think it, it's definitely helped and hurt. Um, like most, like most things, I feel like there are a lot of pros and cons to stuff, you know, like I think being a band my entire adult life, um, and having certain things done for me early on, um, definitely like I didn't learn certain skills or or, um, you know, habits that would have suited me at this point in my life. Um, and you just kind of like, yeah, like stuff just like happens and gets done or whatnot. So I think, I think that can be of a hindrance to later in life, um, depending on what it is. But um, all that to say, like, not that it's not possible technically to do to be fully, fully, fully independent, but it would be so, it, it takes a certain kind of person to do that. And I don't know that I have the, the mental and emotional 
capacity to sustain doing all of the things that are needed. Maybe if I would have like trained to be that from day one, you know, maybe you just like, this is all, you know, but it would be really hard for me to go back because I can, I can delegate certain tasks or I can be like, Hey, this isn't my specialty. Either you or you find someone that can, so it's done right. Um, and then I have peace of mind and I just can move on and I can focus on being more creative. Um, and so that's where, that's where I'm enjoying trying to work towards is I want to have the best team around me so that I can be as creative as possible because I feel like when I'm at my most creative, it usually makes their jobs all easier. And so it's like a, for me, I want to be able to utilize them even more than I ever have. But then there's the side of me that can acknowledge, like there are a lot of things like if you ask me how to do a certain whatever thing, I might be like, I have no idea. Um, and, and it could be something small or normal, but then I also know a bunch of random skills from touring <laughs> that like, I will ne- I don't need to know, but I do. So it's, it goes both ways. Do you feel like, understanding your strengths and I guess even the weaknesses as well and how to kind of go out and be more mind. There we are again, be more mindful of what you want and how to go about doing it. Because I feel like something, especially during the pandemic, it seems like you really branched out and started doing a lot more. Uh, like, you know, you started doing Twitch. I mean, I think everyone kind of did there for a while, but like, I feel like that would have been something maybe you wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing. I don't feel like. Correct. And then I feel like potentially safe assumption, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like because now you, you allowed people to see that you are into video games and the things that you're into, you know, like you ended up doing, was it two songs for League of Legends or something like that? So I actually did more, but that came first. Um, League of Legends started in 2018. um, Okay. And they just found, found uh, the word alive and love my voice, which I'm very thankful for. But um, no, you're not wrong in that. I would never have, I don't like public speaking, even like podcasts and random things. Like I, I have a <clears throat> I have a speech impediment, which most people don't know. And when I was growing up, like I took uh, speech therapy and, you know, I literally like rode the short bus and all, all that fun stuff. And um, so I picked the worst job pr- pretty much in the world <laughs> for what I have. Uh, and it makes no sense. But once I'm on stage, like there's something, there's a part of me that can just like take over and like get beyond that. And every once in a while, it'll still like I'll have, you know, like an episode or something. Um, it's a lot rarer these days because I had a really great teacher when I was a kid. And as I got older, I've, I've understood that like, it's going to happen and it does. And I just have to like stop, pause, take a deep breath. Basically what happens is like my brain gets so far ahead of the the words that I'm trying to speak and it's just like I can't speak and I'll like merge words stutter and then it just like 
it feels like you're just like choking me. And mm-hmm. so like sometimes like, you know, the public speaking thing or like tw- doing Twitch is like the worst thing for me um, because everyone's just like, you know, like looking right at you staring at there. Twitch, I thought I was going to hate. I did it. And it's actually helped me so much with my public speaking um, in a way that I don't know I would have ever had an experience that could have helped me to, to do that better. And because of that, like I did a workshop for um, a heart support fest to like a couple hundred people. And I felt so much more comfortable with myself doing that because of streaming on Twitch for the last few years. Had I not done that, it would have been it would have been a lot for me and I probably would have like been freezing and just not not been able to communicate, you know, articulate articulately or like how I want to say things. And so yeah, I you know, the hard reset that as I call it, like that's that's been real i think to a lot of people the last few years like for me there also while there were a lot of negative things like there were some silver linings that um have inevitably led to to positive things in, in my life it's interesting to hear you say you went through speech therapy i as someone who grew up with a cleft lip and palate had to go through a ton of that and mm-hmm. it's funny because i am not insecure about that now but it's still something like i see i see it in others like and people are like you know when i might say something or someone will inevitably be like oh did you and i'm like yep i noticed yours too like you know they're these kind of and it's so weird because it's like to me like the face is everything it's the thing we always look at so to me i'm always surprised when people are like oh i didn't know you had a cliff lip i couldn't even tell and i'm like how do you not see the scar that's like very noticeable but it's one of those things, like, I guess, is, as we get older and you kind of talk about these things, it's like everyone, either you can kind of go, again, go into intentions. It's like either you can understand that people probably aren't aware of their, like, because they're thinking of their own shit. And so they're not, yeah. like, yeah. oblivious to yours. Not, it's not like looking at or the mirror. Like, for yeah. us, we're, like, hyper fixated on ourselves and... Um, I'm sure you've had that same thing happen to you almost on the inverse. Like you're like, man, like I had no idea. Like it randomly, you know, not to, to just to express how often I can say that that is true for people. I've met tens and tens of thousands of people for years and years and years. I had huge gauges like, and there are people who were like, you never had your ears pierced. Like I've seen you a bunch of times. I'm like, I did like, this is, these are thousands of people who've been like, no, you never did. Or like, I just put my septum ring back in and people were like, I never saw you had a set. Like I had it for like 11 years and <laughs> you know, you're, and you're zooming in and looking at photos probably at times. Like it's, we do live in this, you know, you know, mindset where we are so worried about what other people's perception or looking, you just assume, but like, you're not doing that probably to tell other people, you're not like, oh, 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 yep, there's that, there's that, oh, I see that, you know, I I don't think most people do that. Now, obviously, there are people who live a more, um, you know, judgment, 
filled live life. But for the most part, people are just talking, experiencing moments. They're not like studying other people's bodies, I think, as much as as we think. No, I I do think the one thing that I I do tend to focus on myself is watching people. Like I, I think people are just interesting. I and I think watching. it really it really became interesting working <laughs> at a bar, like a bar. Because essentially I am and I have to kind of pay attention to what's going on because maybe there's body language or things that could escalate into a fight or whatever. So me as a not very physically imposing person, because I'm, you know, five seven and just not a very like one I had to do that was like six foot three came in. He's like, You're the bouncer, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know, man, I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But it's a thing where you become aware of, of so much. Like I said, like the nonverbals that a lot of people will give off or even conversations when you're privy to them because they're happening a foot away from you. And it's just interesting to exist, but not exist because everyone has looked past you. And it's a very, it's, it's honestly, I, I was thinking about this the other day too, because I kind of did the same thing where I was just kind of sitting and watching everyone kind of converse and, and have different conversations and I was like, it's very weird to to understand that these things are happening in front of you and you're not involved in any of them and that that's okay. It doesn't mean that these people don't yeah. like you. Yeah. But it's also weird in this day and age to kind of be able to disappear in a room full of people like that and be overlooked. It's, you know, weird times, but it's the world <laughs> we live in. So kind of a last question, two questions for you before I let you go and get back on with your day. Um, someone actually just com- made a comment on this uh, the other day. They sent me a DM and I didn't realize I, I didn't realize anyone cared about this, this quote unquote segment uh, until someone was like, why did you, why'd you stop doing that? Um, so one of my podcast sponsors is Rockabilia. They do a bunch of clothes and band merch and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so started to ask people was what is or was your favorite piece of band merch that you have or owned um currently i'd say probably one of my deftones shirts or i have a tenacious d one uh from when we played with them at blue ridge um but one of those shirts would be my favorite blue ridge yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting path for them the next year. I mean, from what I know about festivals, they probably were already working on and or probably had confirmed stuff for next year, which I'm interested to see uh, how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've spoken to some people about it, you know, behind the scenes that are like, I mean, I would agree to play it, but you're, they're going to have to pay more. And, you know, it, you kind of have to pay a premium for the, the what if of, okay, well, what if we travel all the way out there and then there is no catering and there is no this and there is no that. And like, so you're going to have to pay a premium on what you would normally pay. So plus then dealing with insurance and rent stuff, they, they have a long road um, ahead of them. The weirdest thing about it all to me, though, is in light of, I guess, Firefest 2 becoming a thing, 
and now in light of the, the two different Woodstock 99 documentaries that it feels like, I feel like even everyone knowing what we know that's out there and speculated and all that, I still feel like people would go just to experience the shit show, which is weird. If you, if you get enough of the right lineup, people will risk it. And there will probably, I would say there will be things set in place from like a contractual standpoint and legal standpoint with the state, with with so much, like probably with the local union, you're going to have to probably make guarantees and have proof of you know, bookings and, and changes, whatever, to, to do it properly. That, that's why I say they have a long year ahead of them is, you know, I, I know more than the average person, but I don't want to speak to what... I know behind closed doors, but what I would say is there is a path back, but I think that path is going to require a lot of work and a lot of legally binding, you know, obligations at (laughs) at a much sooner point than maybe they would prefer to, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You never know. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, where can anyone, everyone, anyone find you or anything you would like to plug online? Uh, for the band, um, you or, or myself, uh, the easiest way would probably be go to our Instagrams at the Word Alive uh, at Telly TWA, um, and then we both have link trees in our bios, and then you can find all the other stuff. Or if you Google the Word Alive, you'll you'll find us. <laughs> Gonna go good uh, SEO for the band name. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Because those things matter. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Always a pleasure talking with you. And hopefully catch you on this upcoming tour. I think you guys are coming to Flint, I believe. Yep, it's about to sell um, out. the Michigan dates. Next, next 24 hours. Well, motherfucker, I don't it's gonna be a fun one. Like Friday. <laughs> oh, I, I got you. I got you. I, I, don't, I don't have a bunch of friends in Flint. If it sells out, I, I don't think many people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Sounds good. So that was my conversation with Telly Smith. I want to thank him once again for taking the time, and and as always, uh, for being such uh, a a very gracious person, Um, not only with you know being open to talking about pretty much anything that that I bring up, but um, I guess ultimately, too, uh, for making me feel like I can kind of say things, um, and be a little bit more raw and out there myself. Um, you know, I, have said so many times, um, echoing the sentiments of, of Dewey from pure pleasure podcast, you know, Himi and I talking about that this medium doesn't work when it's always one-sided. If you're just taking and taking and taking from the guest, but you're never giving anything of yourself, then this doesn't work. This medium doesn't work. And it's not even just the medium of podcasting. It's it's actually relationships. You can't just take and never give. And ever since he kind of put that that idea, that idea in my head, I've tried to be more mindful of that in my day-to-day life, that I can't always be taking, taking, taking from things, that I need to give back. And... I feel ever since that it has been such a rewarding experience just in my life and communicating with friends and experiences I have, but also 
moving forward doing this show. I think it has made the show and the guests have better conversations. And I know that to be true. Like there is an episode that will be coming out soon uh, with Garrett from Silent Plan. And I sent it to a friend of mine, Dale, who you've heard us talk about on this show a couple of times, uh, security guard here uh, at multiple venues here in Michigan and just a, a great fucking person. And ultimately I had sent him this, the chat with Garrett because he is friends with Garrett. He knows the band and, and I figured I could just get some honest feedback about the episode um, just because it was one of those things where I was still, you know, been doing this for <laughs> seven years and 400 plus episodes and I still get a little nervous when I think uh, there is a band and a fan base that is so loyal and diehard that the expectation of what I want uh, may not meet their their expectations and I just don't want to do that. And so... <clears throat> Look at that. Even still, I have insecurities about things and overthink things. But it was the thing where I had sent Dale the episode and to get the feedback from him and to, to, to hear, you know, that there was things in that chat that, that made him feel something from even knowing this person and knowing the information contained in that, that conversation. It's when I knew something was good about it. I felt good about it. But to have the affirmation that basically it was as good as I remember, I felt it being in the moment. And it was because... Garrett and I were, were able to give and take for one another. And ultimately, that's what I feel like every time I talk to Telly, there's there's a nice give and take, and it he's just so gracious. And I and I honestly I don't know how else to say it. He I enjoy talking to this dude so much. Uh every time I get to talk to him for the podcast, I always look forward to it. I know it's gonna be something that will stick with me. Um and so I'm just always appreciative of that. And that's that's really been a theme so far this this past weekend uh, is being appreciative of the people I have in my life. Um, all that said, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode because I don't necessarily want to make this be longer than it needs to be. Uh, if you're still listening and have been listening, uh, thank you so much, uh, honestly. Um, I've been starting to get a lot more feedback about episodes, uh, people reaching out, uh, furthering the conversation uh, that I have with people on the show. And honestly, it's just, it's great. I love doing this. When I don't do it, it feels like a part of me is missing. And I just really love doing this. And I love getting to share these conversations that I enjoy with you. So uh, thank you. Um, in wrapping up this episode, though, if you would like to keep up with The Word Alive, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at The Word Alive. You can go to their website at wearethewordalive.com. If you would like to keep up with Telly, you can find him on Instagram at TellyTWA and Twitter at TellySmith. Uh, everything is in the show notes down below of wherever you're listening to this. Uh, click the links, whatever. Uh, if you would like to keep up with the podcast, you can find us simple enough at Pod on all your social media platforms. Um... Actually, you can keep up with some of the drinks I've been having uh, this past weekend. Uh, last night, I had a very delicious cocktail at Devani. Uh, no surprise if you've heard me talk about that place. If you follow me on socials, you know that I enjoy the shit out of some cocktails. Marcus and the crew over there at Devani, always a pleasure, always so welcoming and accommodating, not just of me, of, of anybody. Uh, it is truly a hidden gem here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So if you ever get an opportunity and you are coming through here, please go. I do know that there is one person who has reached out to me that say that they made a trip out of their way while they were here in Michigan and went there and had exceptional cocktails and food. And that really warms my heart because honestly, uh, sharing drinks is, I mean, that's why I kind of named the show what I did because I want this show to kind of feel like you're sitting there having 
good conversation and good times at a bar with with people you know and love. So uh, shout out to the Devani. Uh, also, if you would like to keep up with our sponsors, uh, go over to rockabilia.com. They have so many things. Holidays are around the corner. They've been killing it, actually, with the Halloween releases, working with all these bands. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I often joke with Frankie, uh, spill the beans on who you're working with or what you're doing for a new collab. And every time he's still, when I think you are working with some of the best bands doing the coolest shit, you somehow even top that. So... Uh, Rockabilly is killing the game right now. Holidays are right around the corner. Go use our code brutally at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. Uh, pick up some swag, man. There is some cool shit over there. Uh, go support them uh, and save some money while you're doing it. Starving Nerves Brewing, they are closed for the season. Uh, and that bastard, uh, Andrew, <laughs> who runs it, is down in Florida right now with his family on a vacation, uh, getting out of this cold Michigan weather that we are experiencing. Uh, but they are making some cool stuff and we are going to be doing a phone call here pretty soon. And, uh, I got to start working on a beer. I have a couple of ideas. We are in fall season and I'm already my, my ideas, uh, for some beers that I want to uh, try to do next year, uh, are already ruminating in my head. And I'm just very excited to, uh, to work with some people who are very passionate about beer, passionate about their community. And honestly, even beyond that, just their, their tagline uh, of sorts, you know, judge beer, not people. Um, I, I think too often uh, about that and how we just need to be better as people. Um, so love, love, love my sponsors uh, and what they do and all the awesome things they do. Definitely inspiring to try to keep up with them. Um, I think that's just a thing in life in general. Surround yourself with positive people who are killing their own things, whatever it is that they do, and be supportive of it. Uh, and you will never be lacking uh, for inspiration to continue to do your own thing. Uh, all that said, if you would like to send me an email or anything, you can email me at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, send me a DM, do something like that. Uh, I try to respond to everything as much as I can. Sometimes I see things, and I'm going to be honest, I will go, I need to respond to that, and then I just forget. So sometimes if you do send me something and you see that I've I've, I've seen it, um, know that it's not necessarily that I'm ignoring you. It is more that I am trying to do a million things all at once, just like a lot of us are. And I will get to it. Um, I'm trying to be better at that, but I'm also trying to be better at setting boundaries and not overextending myself into a million other things. Uh, in the rat race that we live, I think it's sometimes very hard to remember that. Um, all of that said... Enjoy the rest of your week. I will be back next time with Sean Cooper of Taking Back Sunday. That was a really fun chat. Uh, excited for you all to hear it. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you then.